0: going to see a video um, reading of the Beatitudes, and then Rachel will come and read to us from Psalm 37.
1: Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you.
2: Our reading this morning comes from Psalm 37 of David, 1 to 11, and it's on page 563 in the Church Bible. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land a little while and the wicked will be no more for though you look for them they will not be found but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity this is the word of the Lord
0: Thank you very much indeed. It's lovely to be here with you this morning, uh, looking at the third of the Beatitudes: "Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth." And we're going to try and unpack that uh, this morning and see what it means. And the companion passage we had read just now from Psalm 37, as we will see, is excellent background uh, to the Beatitudes. And in fact, Jesus is is fairly much quoting directly from Psalm 37 in that third beatitude. Now, you are probably holier than me, um, but I have a problem with the word meek. Uh, I'm not sure I'd always want to be called meek. I'd probably be right here in church, if Brian called me meek, I'd think I'd Probably done okay, but in lots of uh, contexts and arenas outside of church, uh, to be called meek is probably not a good thing. Uh, It brings to mind people who are wishy washy or bland uh, or inoffensive. Uh, And then we've got Charles Wesley's terrible lyrics. He was a genius almost all of the time, but do you remember gentle Jesus, meek and mild? Look upon a little child. I mean, Jesus. Meek and mild. None of us worship a savior uh, who is m- meek and mild in that sense, uh, like a so sort of like a meringue, for all air. It just it's it's depressing. Uh, and then uh, furthermore, we think shouldn't the contemporary church uh, have a bit more backbone? You know, actually, uh, Christians, some of us are a bit soppy, uh, are a bit lacking in backbone and reticent and retiring and shy. Surely we need more backbone, more courage, more faith, more risk-taking. So why on earth would Jesus say there's great blessing in being someone who is meek? Many of us, I think, if we'd rewritten this, would say maybe there's blessing in courage or risk-taking or being adventurous. Ah, But really, meek? We're not quite so sure Well, let's see if we can get to the bottom of what Jesus was talking about. We need to remember uh, that Jesus is building on the first two Beatitudes. uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn. Now, when I'm poor in spirit, it means that I'm honest before God and before you in acknowledging the brokenness uh, that is my reality. And so my own self-sufficiency begins to melt away when I take the next step and I mourn for my own sin and selfishness and the sin and selfishness in the world, I stop fooling myself and I stop trying to fool you that I am perfect. And those two, being poor in spirit, mourning our sin, are primarily about how I see myself before God. So it's quite, quite individual in that sense. Uh, Now, when we think about the meek, it's thinking about who I really am, but also how I treat others. How in a world uh, in which I believe that God made me and loved me, how do I see and treat others? Now, the word meek is used a lot in the Psalms, and it's used particularly of those who have humility, before God and are able to trust to him. And it's often people in the Psalms who are in difficult straits. Things are hard. That things have been pressing. Or, or things are going well for everybody else or not for them. And so being meek in the Psalms is about choosing humbly to follow God and waiting for God's promise that he will lift up the humble. He will lift up the meek and the lowly. Uh, It's also used to describe animals, uh, like a horse, uh, for instance, that has been tamed or broken in. It's not an animal that's been cowed or beaten, but it is an animal like a horse that acknowledges a master. And so uh, in that context, uh, to be meek is to have strength, but it's under submission to another it's to have joy, but in serving one another and serving another one rather than serving ourselves. So we might say that to be meek is to trust in God even if, and especially if, our circumstances are difficult. Uh, it means to give up our claim to be king or queen of the universe. Uh, to be meek is to know that I have a Lord And so it means that before I have an opinion, and before I make a plan, or before I launch a strategy, I bow my knee before my Savior, remembering that I am His. Now, as far as the Old Testament's concerned, it's Numbers 12, verse 3, that names Moses as the meekest or the humblest person in the Old Testament. Now, what did that mean for Moses? Being meek for Moses uh, meant uh, was, or was seen in his refusal uh, to defend himself when his person and his privilege were under attack from others. In those circumstances, he was not concerned for his reputation or his importance or his standing. He wasn't protective of his reputation or his image. When others vilified him, he said, I'm going to choose to ignore that because I know who I am before God. That strikes me, wouldn't all of us like to be f- free of being so sensitive to what other people think of us, uh, to the disappointment of being let down, to the casual careless things that people say that strike us to the heart wouldn't you like really to be able to trust God with your whole self would you like to be able to live life not worrying that you might need to give a, God a helping hand or help him with some of the finer details in your life and wouldn't you like to trade in your smugness for humility uh, you may not use this, uh, but uh, sorry, let's go back one. But uh, Sensodyne toothpaste famously helps those uh, who have sensitive teeth. But that, of course, is nothing. I mean, sensitive teeth are bad enough, aren't they? But that is nothing compared to how sensitive uh, we are when people challenge us, or when they put us down, or when they question our integrity. We so want and need to be first and special and singled out and highly valued and considered, if we're honest, uh, to be something just short of amazing. And so what an agony our sensitive spirits undergo when other people let us down or when other people fail to see how deeply amazing and lovable we are. But it is, of course, Jesus himself who is the clearest and most in-focus picture of what it means to be meek. He says later on in Matthew's gospel, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, that, what the NIV translates as humble in heart is that same word, meek. So Jesus himself says, if you want to see meek, look at me. I am gentle and I am meek, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, does Jesus strike you as an easy pushover? No. Does he strike you as someone who was so heavenly minded that he was of no earthly use? No, of course not. The reason that we love and worship Jesus is partly because he was so incredibly humble. That he was incredibly gentle with people who were broken and people who were lost. That he was sensitive. That he was patient. That he was unflustered. When people took against him or spoke ill of him, he was merciful and he was forgiving. That's what it means to be meek. If we want to see meek, we look at Jesus Christ. And Jesus was angry about all the right things. And I think that's what meekness is too. Being meek means that I'm angry about the right things, the things that are on God's heart, And I let go of the trivia and the things that are not of consequence. But for most of us, it's exactly the other way around. The things that most anger us are the slights and the disappointments and the letdowns and the putdowns. And the things that grieve God most deeply, the plight of the lost. Uh, the destiny of the, uh, the uh, broken and uh, the people who are far from God, injustice in the world, those are things that barely register with us. Whereas one put down uh, from someone in the family who knows how to niggle us uh, will paralyze us uh, with anger and with frustration. Jesus was angry about the right things. And he showed force of character that was held in place By submission to God he showed the strength to carry on in the face of unjust suffering and mockery and bad people seeming to get away with it that's what it means to be meek the question then of course is do you want to be meek really do you trust Jesus that there is blessing in being meek it strikes me that being meek is one of those virtues that we wish other people would have more of. Now, if only my husband was a bit meeker. If only my mother in law that was a bit meeker. If only my vicar was a bit meeker. The list goes on, doesn't it? We hardly ever, I can't really, very rarely remember anybody saying to me, Simon, I want to be meeker. Lots of people said, Simon, I want to be holier. Or someone, I want to be more successful in ministry. But someone ever said to you, Simon, I want to be meek? I can't remember it happening. Let's finish by thinking, why is there blessing in being meek? Because Jesus doesn't say, be meek. Actually, what he says is, he, he makes an announcement. And he says, there is blessing for people who are meek. Where or what is the blessing? And Jesus, as I said, pretty much directly quoting psalm 37 verse 11 that summarizes the blessing as follows he says this he says the meek will inherit the earth well what does that mean in psalm 37 which we had as our reading we overhear the struggle that meekness and humility bring us as children of god This is the struggle. The psalmist sees people all around them who ignore and insult God and make progress in life by putting their own needs before anyone else's. The psalmist sees people who are plotting and they're angry and they're convinced that it's aggression and self-promotion that will get them what they want. And the psalmist is, is frustrated by this. Because they're thinking, well, I'm trying to live the good way, the God way, and I look around me and other people who put self first seem to be further up the queue and higher up the food chain than I am. Of course, we hear that in our culture all the time. Put yourself first, your interests, your dreams, your ambition, put that first. Many of us, if we're honest, find it hard not to live in that way. And not to live in a way that says, however uh, politely, however cleverly, essentially says, it's what I want first. And we look down uh, on others. We want to get ahead of them. But if you are meek, says Jesus, you see things differently. You see that to be self-serving is ultimately to be self-defeating. To be self-serving is ultimately to be self-defeating. The earth that we will inherit, the land, was in the Old Testament the symbol, the focus of God's promises to Israel. And they had to learn again and again and again that uh, these promises would not come real uh, by military prowess or by strategic genius, but rather through humility and through trusting God. And the same is true for us. We, uh, friends, will be heirs. Heirs with Christ because of all that he has done. We will be heirs with him. And as heirs of Christ, we will want increasingly to be like him. Humble, gracious, sensitive, gentle. Not defensive about our own reputation or fighting our way to the top. In my experience, the meek are actually more content than the grasping. People that I would describe as meek in my own life and experience, they trust God and they want to serve him and they gladly use their gifts. And so they're really ready to receive and enjoy the gifts of God and to wonder at the beauty of the gift and not to grasp or demand what they want. They're content Because they would say, as people who are meek, I already have so much. God has given me so many things. But Jesus actually puts the focus of the blessing in the future. There is blessing in being meek, says Jesus, because self-serving is self-defeating. Because striving for adulation or power or prestige or having lots of things that other people do not have are the very surest way to lose our soul. So you've got this divine irony that those who grasp for things, those who tread on the heads of others uh, to get things, will actually find all the while that they're losing their soul. And that one day, their destiny, uh, if it's without Christ, uh, will be at death. Whether, whereas those two of us who are meek who know we have a Savior, our inheritance uh, will be life. As God promised in the Psalms, uh, he will lift up uh, the lowly and the meek. One day, the patience of the meek will be rewarded. It will be an inheritance, not something that we've earned. It'll be a gift, an inheritance made possible through the death of the giver, Jesus and then given its true glory and beauty through the resurrection of the giver, Jesus. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and with pride of place will be those who knowing their own hard hearts have lived in humility and dependence before God. And they've taken genuine joy in putting the needs of others before their own. I would guess, I don't know you yet, I would guess that you are a meek bunch. I would, I would, just, I would guess, just guess that. And being meek is about, in a sense, imbibing and living those first two beatitudes, knowing that I am poor in spirit, knowing there's much in my life to mourn. There's sin, there's selfishness, there's greed, there's toxicity, There's a desire to be top of the pile. And because I know that that's true of me, I also know it's true of you. And I know it's true of everybody I meet. So I'm not expecting perfection in anybody. And because I have been shown mercy, it means that I can show mercy to others when they let me down, which they will. When they say unkind things, which they will. Because I have a Savior who put his own needs last and went all the way to the cross in love for me and in love for you. So I am able, in my weakness and in my ignorance, uh, to put others first and to make sacrifices uh, for others because I see them, or begin to see them as God sees them. Imperfect, broken, uh, but loved. So I suspect you're meek, but what we need to do is to continue to ask God to write that meekness deep in our hearts so that when the the clamor of our soul for recognition and honor and status and prestige and power, when that clamor gets louder, we can just quietly and gently dampen it in the name of Jesus and say, actually, that's not who I am. I am poor in spirit. I do mourn my sin. I am loved and rescued by God. And so are you. I pray that you have a meek week. Amen.